The text this evening is found in the book of Hebrews, the sixth chapter. And I'll read verses 13 through 19. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 19. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we have a strong consolation who have fled to, for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. The hope of every believer referred to here is our hope of eternal salvation. The writer likened that hope, and indeed all the promises of God, to being an anchor of the soul. Really, that's a beautiful illustration, very symbolic, one with, with deep meaning to it. An anchor is defined as a a heavy object attached to a, a chain, a rope, or a cable dropped into the water to keep a vessel in place either by its weight or by its blades which grip the bottom. Now just over a month ago, Rodique and I were in Newfoundland for the Canadian camp meeting there. While we were there, we had the opportunity to visit Brother Rennie and Sister Della Castle at their house in Bide Arm. And out in their front yard, Brother Rennie showed us a decoration that he had made. It was an anchor called a Killick anchor. A Killick anchor is made by taking two strong pieces of wood making a a cross out of them, they attach those, and then on top of that, they'll either place one heavy elongated stone or maybe two or three stones, and then they'll tie either pliable wood or branches to the base of the bottom and, and then bring those up and wrap them around the rock, tying it off at the top. And that's what's called a killick anchor. And he told me that those type of anchors were used years ago by the fishermen in the harbors there around the northern part of Newfoundland. He said that 
when they would go out to fish, they had smaller vessels at that time. If you've been there, you know that Atlantic cod in that area is very good. So they'd go out there in smaller boats, they'd fill them up with the cod, and then they would try to bring them in. But if the seas were rough or there was a storm, they would need to use one of those anchors uh, to anchor off and wait it out. If they didn't, they would get smashed up against the rocks. And if that anchor didn't hold, uh, they would get smashed up against the rocks. So uh, their hope was in that anchor. So we can understand why the writer of Hebrews would use this illustration in relationship to our hope of salvation. As a side note, ancient coins, coins that would have been used at this time, the time that the book of Hebrews was written, hope on a coin was represented by an anchor. And evidently, this was also something that was a popular symbol in the early Christian church because they have found 66 pictures of anchors in the catacombs uh, under Rome. Hope itself is defined as a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen, a feeling of trust. That's the interesting part when it comes to hope, a feeling of trust. If you've ever hoped for something, you know it. a hope doesn't always work out the way that we want it to. When I was eight years old, one day I decided to tie a rope to a branch on a maple tree that was at the front corner of our house by the front porch. Now, my hope was that I'd be able to use that rope and swing from the porch over to the steps that went down the driveway. The house was kind of up on the hill, and some of those older houses, they'd have concrete drive pads for the car to get up to the driveway, and in between it was the concrete steps that went down to the sidewalk. So... I don't know, I thought maybe I could save a second. It was probably more for the fun uh, that I I could swing from the porch out to those steps. And it worked for a second or two, and then the rope broke, and I ended up breaking my left arm. Well, that's how sometimes our hopes uh, can work out. The writer, though, of Hebrews wanted the recipients of this letter to know that their hope, the hope and the promise of salvation given by God was not like the hope that I placed in that rope or in my own abilities. We have to remember the book of Hebrews was written to the Jewish believers. So the writer, to help them understand the type of hope he was referring to used in an example, an example that would mean a lot to somebody raised in the Jewish faith. 
He used the patriarch that they most venerated, Abraham. And so, in part, he did that to encourage them to have faith. Faith in the promises of God rather than falling back into the Levitical system of worship. And so he reminded them that the promises given to Abraham, as quoted in verses 14 and and then uh, the fulfillment of that in verse 15, again, 14 says, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. Those are a couple of the promises that had been given to Abraham. And then verse 15 says, And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Well, they knew that the promises given to Abraham seemed like impossible promises. But Abraham believed God. God though in that time had decided to confirm those promises to Abraham with an oath. It was a binding promise. It was something more commonly done among men. But it's interesting to see how the writer of Hebrews put it, that he could swear by no greater. So he had to swear by himself. If you or I go into a court of law and they want to take our testimony, they want to know that it's true, well, they'll have you put your hand on a Bible and they'll want you to swear on that Bible. We affirm, but that's the oath that we make. Well, this was not really necessary for God to do. It wasn't necessary for God to give an oath, but he did this to validate his promise to Abraham. But it wasn't necessary. It's not necessary for you or me. The hope in the promises made to Abraham were held on to Abraham by faith. He lived to see his son. He lived to see grandsons. But the majority of the promises made to him, he did not see during his earthly pilgrimage. Becoming a great nation, like the stars in the sky, or the sand by the the sea, or seeing how through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. God's counsel, his Uh, plan for man, his plan of redemption, just like the promises made to Abraham, they'll never change. They are supported by the fact that everything that God says is the truth. As it's noted here, it's impossible for God to lie. And that is why the writer could say, we have an anchor of the soul, both sure. That's something that means that it's secure, it's sound, it's steadfast, 
It's established. And it's guaranteed. And then when he says, which entereth into that within the veil, that's referring to the Holy of Holies. That was a place that under the law, only the high priest could enter into once a year to make atonement for the sins of the people. But Christ entered in and now sits on the right hand of God. It doesn't just make intercession for us one time a year. He's there making intercession for us continually. And so when it says that we have an anchor to the soul, our anchor, our hope in eternal salvation is an anchor that that grips the rock, Christ Jesus. What a wonderful promise. What a what a wonderful illustration uh, that is. And again, it's more than just a beautiful illustration. If It's a reality if you've been saved. Uh, you can feel the power of that promise. We live in a world, of course, that is getting more evil and wicked and turbulent by the day. Jesus foretold us of that in Matthew 24. He foretold of the times that you and I are now living in. Global pandemics, wars, rumors of war, people, the, the, the political, the social division, earthquakes, the violence, false prophets, and more. And he said, these are just the beginning of sorrows. If you think it's bad now, it's only going to get worse. We need an anchor to the soul. Uh, this is not uh, a world that, that we want to be left to, to navigate and put our trust in, that somehow we will get through it uh, safely. Uh, we need something that's going to keep us and keep our hope from just sinking to the bottom. Because really, that's all the world has to offer. I thought today about those that come down seeking their deeper experiences, wanting to be sanctified or filled with a Holy Spirit. And I think, well, you already have that that anchor to the soul. You're saved. The same promise that holds that anchor there assures you of the rest of the promises of God. They're not going to change. They're for you, and they're for you to have. But for those who are not saved, you need an anchor. You need an anchor tonight. The Lord wants to be an anchor to your soul. That anchor is the only thing in these last days that can give you peace. These are the only things that can assure you that when you leave this life, 
you have a greater place awaiting you. I think all of us have been affected by the sudden passing of our brother Joey Ruiz. That was a shock. And yet we've all come into this world with an expiration date. We don't know when it is. But brother Joey had an anchor to his soul. That anchor secured him to the promises of God and the hope of eternal life. And while it causes sorrow for sure, what a joy it was to him to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because he had that anchor. Do you have that anchor tonight? The Lord wants to give it to you. Uh, The Lord wants you to be gripped to the rock Christ Jesus. When you're gripped to the rock Christ Jesus, you don't have to fear those things that are coming upon this world. You don't have to fear the rapture or that day it may just be your turn or my turn. You'll know that that anchor holds you steady. We're going to have an opportunity to pray. Take advantage of it. Use it and get what the Lord has for you. The song is 526.